Welcome to the Passive Income MD Podcast, where we talk about creating your ideal life through multiple streams of income. I'm your host, Peter Kim. If you enjoy hearing about this stuff, make sure to hit subscribe so I can bring it to you every week. Now let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, hope you've had a great week. Just curious, how many of you out there have heard of the concept of life coaching? I mean, I know it's a relatively new concept in the physician world. However, even in the last year or two, I've seen the amount of physician life coaches explode. And I totally get it. I mean, it makes sense that right now a lot of physicians need that support and guidance, especially with what's happening in medicine. Um, I will say that before two years ago, I had never even thought about the idea of having a coach for any aspect of my life. I mean, maybe when I was in team sports back in the day, yeah, you had coaches. But today, I mean, to talk about career, money, organizing your time, you know, relationships or something like that, I never even thought about the idea of coaches. I mean, there are therapists, and that makes sense. But um, yeah, again, this whole idea and this world of coaching was brand new to me. However, I've now become quite immersed in it and met so many amazing people who are coaches, people who have been coached and who have talked about the influence it's had on their life. And I think it's fascinating. And for anybody who's looking for growth, um, looking for guidance, support, encouragement, helping them work through limiting beliefs and setting goals, I think that coaching can be a very, very powerful thing for someone in that situation. In this interview this week, we're going to be talking to one of the very first physician life coaches that I ever met. Her name is Dr. Katrina Ubel. Uh, she is an amazing person. And in this interview, we're going to talk about her story, about how she became a coach. This is actually a an interview from last year's Leverage and Growth Summit 2020. Um, as many of you know, by the time this thing comes out, the Leverage and Growth Summit 2021 will be currently going on. We'd love for you still to join. You can join us at www.leverageandgrowth.com where you get to hear the stories of amazing physicians doing just awesome things outside of clinical medicine to really create their ideal lives. I recommend you check it out. There's a free Facebook group and the whole summit's free unless you want to do a VIP upgrade. But honestly, you can enjoy all the content for free and we want to put it out there and impact as many people and have them share it as much as possible. So please check that out. Um, and in the meanwhile, enjoy this interview. Uh, if you ever thought about coaching, wanted to become a coach, why it might impact you, I think this one will be interesting for you. So enjoy. Hey, Katrina, how you doing? Hey, Peter. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. No, I appreciate your time. Um, I, I want to find out more about this because every time I meet you, I hear more and more. I hear, I hear it in little tidbits, okay? But I've never yeah. heard the full story. How did yeah. you get started? You're a pediatrician by trade. So yes. how did you get started in this online business? Yeah. Tell us about it. Okay. So I became the person that I needed. Okay. That's really the sum of how this, how this works. So I was in private practice, general pediatrics for a little over 10 years. And during that time, I didn't always have a very good attitude, <laughs> to be quite honest. I really, I really did have a great practice. I loved most of my patients. I mean, as it goes, right, there's always going to be the ones that are more challenging. And, and those are the ones you end up having to put a lot of time and effort into. But I really struggled a lot with um, just basically the um, dynamics of the practice that I was in. Everything looked amazing on the outside, but inside I was totally struggling. 
And I didn't really recognize that I was in charge <laughs> of my experience. I really thought that it was the other people around me who were the problem. And so I went into a lot of blame and just very disempowering kinds of ways of thinking where I just thought that everybody else was the problem. I wasn't the problem. And of course, then they needed to change in order for me to feel better. During this time, I was doing what I had always basically done since I was a child, but of course got worse in medical school and residency, which was to eat my emotions. So I used food as a way to make myself feel better. And I think, you know, all of us have done that at least a little bit to some extent where we've eaten some food that maybe we didn't really need, right? Like maybe we were full and we ate a little more, but this was really to the point where it was like, for sure, coming home every night, feeling so wiped out because it's so emotionally exhausting to be so resistant to the reality that's around you all day long. I would come home feeling wiped out. I have three kids. My husband's a surgeon. He's ear, nose, and throat. And he was like doing great. Like he was home before me most of the time. He was like, you know, loving life and things were going, going great for him. And I was just like, this is so hard. I, I just, I didn't ever really at that point think about leaving medicine just because who does that, right? Like it just, it literally never occurred to me. But, uh, but I would just come home and sit on the couch and eat, you know, Trader Joe's like Oreo cookies and, you know, zone out and on watching TV. And, um, and so of course I had a weight issue. So I would gain weight and then I'd be like, no, that's the max. And then I'd lose it on Weight Watchers and lifetime member. And then I gain it again and lose it again. And you know, some pregnancies in there. And so it just, all that time was just up and down with weight and I had a lot of shame, honestly, around the fact that I was a physician offering medical advice, you know, health advice, dietary advice to families on how they should care for their children. Meanwhile, I was totally not following that at home. My kids were eating that way pretty well, but then I'd be like, well, I got home so late. I don't even feel like having dinner. So I'll just like have a glass of wine and eat some popcorn. And that was my dinner, right? Like doesn't make any sense. So, so there was really a lot of embarrassment around that for me. And so what ended up happening was I was approaching my 40th birthday. I knew I was done having kids. I had promised myself I would lose the baby weight, the final baby weight did, but then totally gained it back again after I, you know, basically like pinky swore with myself not to do that. And it happened again. Started realizing, you know what, I think <laughs> there might be something that I'm missing here. Like, I don't know what's going on, but this is clearly not working anymore. And so I was approaching 40 and I think it's normal, those milestone birth, you know, birthdays to kind of have a, a sort of, you know, reevaluation of sorts of like just my whole life and what am I doing and what's working, what isn't. And so I, I did actually start kind of down the dive of, do I even really want to be practicing anymore? Financially, we really didn't need my income. The profit sharing I got was exactly what we paid our nanny every year. Uh, it was kind of like, why am I doing this? And, and, and really contemplating and seriously, and it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a, you know, quick decision to leave. But at the same time, I was like, I've got to figure something out with my eating and my weight. And so I tried a whole bunch of different things. What ended up actually working was working with a life coach, because that's when I finally realized like, oh, I think it might be more than I just like food. I think I might actually be creating this problem with the way that I'm thinking. And I don't know how to fix that, but this person says she can help me. And so I ended up losing all the weight and then some and have kept it off because I actually solved the real problem, which was my brain not just that I liked food and focusing on like, should I eat keto or like how low carb should I go? Like all that stuff is not important at all. So when I saw the amazing results that I got, I was just super obsessed with helping other people 
other physicians because I knew that people were struggling like me. I had literally been in practice Googling weight loss for doctors. Like certainly somebody must be helping the doctors. And there was nobody. It was medical weight loss clinics. And I was like, I don't need shots. I don't need surgery. I don't need pills. I just need someone who understands that in the middle of clinic, when I'm 40 minutes behind, I'm not going to stop and eat a snack. Like I'm just not. <laughs> and like nobody, nutritionists and stuff, like nobody understood that. And so I, I needed somebody who would really get like what my life was like. And I thought, you know what? Like I get what their life is like. Like I know what it's like to be, you know, in surgery all day and you're famished. And then the crap they have in the surgeon's lounge is, lounge is all there is. And you feel like you want to reward yourself with the chips or whatever cookies and stuff that's there. Like other people don't get that. So I thought, you know what, maybe I should become a coach and I can actually become that person that I really needed in my life. And so I, as I said, I was already on my way out kind of a medicine mentally anyway, kind of going like, I don't even know if I want to do this, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I decided, you know what, I think I'm going to have this business. And I should just tell you, I did not ever have one entrepreneurial thought in my life. Like literally, you know, there's people like, I always wanted a business. I did not ever. <laughs> I was like, who would want to do that? That sounds like a terrible idea. I didn't know anything. I always say, like people are like, well, I don't, you need to have some knowledge. I always say I was like a vacuum. Like I was like negative knowledge. I knew if there was less than nothing, it was what I knew. I didn't know anything about it. And I learned, I figured it out. The great thing about being a doctor, you're a smart person and you know how to figure things out, right? So let's talk about yeah. that. I want to, I want to yeah. talk about that. So how did you know that first step? Cause I think a lot of people, they might come to that conclusion. I want to help other people. Maybe there's a business in this, you know, maybe yeah. they've heard of coaching. Cause I mean, honestly, before a couple of years ago, I had never even heard of the term coach yeah. outside of like athletics. Right. right. How did you right. know, first of all, where did you find that first life coach for yourself? Yeah. And then how did you figure out, okay, if I'm going to go down this journey, here are the steps I'm going to take like, to get What there. am I going to do? Yeah, yeah, such a good question. So I actually had first heard about like the term life coach on Oprah way back in the day. Martha Beck, who was kind of like coined the term, used to be a regular person, like a regular guest on her show. And even then I didn't know what that meant, but it like, it kind of was like, oh, it's like the athletic coach, but like for your life, like I didn't really know either. You know, I was like, oh, I don't know what this is, but it sounds pretty good. What I, the way I ended up finding it was, um, I mean, it's so random how things work in life. Um, a woman who I used to take a Pilates class from, she moved away, but had mentioned she might want to become a life coach. Then this was like a year or two later, I was having some struggles with just like some family dynamics type of stuff with some extended family. And I, I started to realize, like, I think I might be the one who has the problem because I'm like still so furious days later. And like, they, they aren't feeling my fury. They like the people in question don't live near me. And, um, and so I was like, you know, I don't think I need to see a therapist, but I, I need some help because I think I'm going to like say some stuff that would not be a really good idea if I don't get some help. And so I thought, oh, I should just reach out to her. Maybe she's done that coaching thing. Like maybe that could help. I had no idea what it would be at all. She had just finished and we did two calls and she completely changed my whole life with the, just like some very basic concepts she taught me. And so when I said to her, where did you learn this? I need to know this immediately. This is when I was still in practice. Because uh, of course I thought immediately, like I should not be this old and just learning this stuff. Like all of my adolescent, you know, patients need to learn this. Maybe I could learn it and, you know, teach them. Not thinking, I don't know why I didn't think like maybe I should get more help like in that moment. But she told me about the Life Coach School, which is what I checked into and started following that. And I still didn't, it didn't really, just like listening to the podcast and stuff didn't really resonate with me. Because I just thought my life was the exception. 
like they didn't really understand what I was dealing with, you know, like that's kind of where I was out in my mind, but it did help a little bit, but I kind of put it on the back burner, like in my mind, like someday I looked into, into being certified right away. And the way they had it set up, then it was just not going to work with my schedule as in practice, like at all. Plus my youngest, I think was, she was close. She was like 12 months old or something. I was like, okay, let's just wait like a couple years. Then I can maybe address that. And so it really was like a couple years later where I was, when I was thinking like, you know, I need some help. Maybe I don't want to be in practice. Like, oh yeah, there was that life coaching thing I wanted to do. And it turned out that they were offering some like intensive weight loss um, help too. And I was like, well, maybe I should do that and just really get coached. And the thing is, is in my opinion that you become a much better coach when you, when you have been coached a lot yourself, you have to have done a lot of personal work. Um, to be able to coach other people really effectively. But I do just want to say within the framework of what we're talking about here, I do think that there are a lot of opportunities to be able to create a business without needing any kind of certification or additional training. Because I think that's what hangs a lot of people up. They're like, I don't want to spend the money. I don't want to spend the time. Like I already got like all these certifications and you know, I'm trained in all these things. I don't want to do that. So there, are, I, I have a lot of ideas of things people could do without any of that. Any uh, like you, the knowledge that you can help people with, you already have in a lot of ways, I think for, for people, but the way I ended up doing it was when I became, when I went through certification, they also had some included um, business help, which like at least got me started in what to do. Now with that said though, um, I, I realized later that there are other programs that you can follow that tell you all the same stuff too. So like that wasn't required. It's just kind of how I happened to do it. Um, B-School, which is a program that Marie Forleo does um, every year. Um, I'm not affiliated or anything. It's just, I, I'm, I'm a, I, I did it a couple of years ago. Um, and she really takes you through step-by-step step exactly how to do it. But, but I think there's so many people you can follow now. Like you just figure out like how to start an online business. There's so many things. Or um, Stu McLaren with Tribe, he, he teaches people how to do memberships, um, like literally step-by-step-by-step-by-step. So um, so there's a lot of, of options on how to learn how to do that stuff. You, you ended up doing a certification. What do you think the benefits were yeah. for you to actually go through and get certified though? Because I know some people yeah. say, oh, I don't know if it's worth it or not. For you, you did, right? right? Yeah, so, yeah, I that. did. So so the way that, so, so what you have to understand about life coaching is it's a totally unregulated industry. Okay, so like think about medicine, super regulated, clear best practices, right? It, it's like very clear on, you know, what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. The opposite of that is true in life coaching. And so there are different kind of schools of thought around how to coach well. And, um, and if certification means anything, and if that's required, and um, the, the kind of coaching that I found resonated the most with me is very different than how I coached people, so to speak, in, uh, in practice. Like, so, so I would, you know, coach people through getting their baby to sleep at night. Right. I coach people through like the really hard times with their teenagers, but it was very much, um, a focus on telling them what to do. <laughs> it's very action driven, right? It's just like, do this, do this. If that doesn't work, do this. And the kind of coaching that I found super effective is not that kind of coaching. There are coaches that do that. It's like all about just telling you what to do. But this was much more about like not telling people what to do, recognizing that actually you have no idea what they should do, but you can help them to figure out what they want to do by accessing what their thoughts and feelings are. So this is a totally different skill that I was very new at. 
And so I think, of course, you know, being like, I would just love to learn and always have been lifetime learner. I was like, well, I really want to learn more about this. And, and I'm really glad I did because what I would have come with otherwise would have been like so diluted and not nearly as powerful. And I think when you really can help people meaningfully in a pretty short amount of time, like that only creates just raving fans, right? People really want what you can offer when you're like, listen, I have a solution that I can help you fix it like this versus like, it might take some time. And like some people I can help and some people I can't, but that's just with coaching because it, it's just, it's just a, like a different skill set basically, you know? Well, people, people see you now as this like really successful coach, but in the beginning you have to find clients, right? You have to find oh, that 100%. start. I think oh my a gosh, lot of people, yeah. that's a big, that's a big fear for people. Like yeah. how do I get people oh, yeah. to actually sign up and do this thing? Yes. So what, if yeah. you can go back and remember, like yeah. how was that, that beginning of that process for you and how did you end up yeah. getting clients and how, how did you yeah. get people to believe in what you could do yourself? What I could do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So first of all, what I started with was just one-on-one -on -one coaching and, uh, you know, selling like a six week pack package. Now, most people cannot solve their weight overeating issue in six weeks, but I kind of felt like, well, if I just do six weeks, I can keep the price pretty low. And then if I could just get people to sign up and see how good it is, they're going to want to renew. And that's basically what happened. So I just kind of kept it rather than doing like a three month long or six month long program to start. I'm like, let me keep it real short and keep the price down. And I know I'm going to be able to help them once I can just get them to, to like bite, you know? And so the, really the way I started was through Facebook groups, not my own other ones that already existed. Um, and there are a number of Facebook groups for women physicians. They all have um, very strict rules. So you have to learn what the rules are against self-promotion. So, um, so there's like no better way to um, create ill will with whoever the moderators or administrators of the group than to go in there and not look at the rules and start telling everybody how they can pay you money because you can help them. Like you can't do that. But so I, so there were a number that I went in and I started offering value. I just started helping and providing assistance where I could. And when I, so at first I started blogging and when I had a blog post that I thought would maybe help people, I shared it there if that was allowed. And, um, and I just, you know, very, I just really utilized tact, you know, you, you can't go in there guns blazing, just like, okay, you guys, I'm ready to take your money. You know, you have to go in and you have to do a value exchange. The money comes once you've offered enough value and they have to trust you that you are there for the right reasons sounds like the bachelor but like you're there for the, re for the reason of helping not because you're just trying to get people to buy things and and i think you know people are on to people these days right there's like where there's like wait what's in it for her like why is she why is she offering that so i was just really careful about that and now at the bottom of all my blog posts i offered them a free call with me which is basically a sales call right so i did coach them i did help them but then i told them about um, being able to work with me so i got a couple people that way and then, um, and so, so I was like doing what I could do. I did start with Facebook ads. My spend was very low and honest to goodness. I don't know that I got anybody. I don't think I got a single client through that, to be honest, the person I was working with initially. Um, but I did try that and I, and you know, if I could do it again, I would have done my targeting way better <laughs> actually find people and better ads. And I've learned a lot in the way you learn, right? Is you make mistakes, you made a lot, a lot of mistakes, but, um, but have improved on that. And then, um, and then, then the next thing that happened is I, it was kind of the end of the year and I decided to pitch the local radio stations and TV stations to see if anybody would be interested in having me on to talk about like a different way of thinking about weight loss. 
rather than again talking about like the latest diet like let's talk about our brains and how that actually influences what you're you know what you're eating what you're not eating and the results that you um that you create now i got one bite and it was for our local npr station and honestly if i'm being honest i think it's because the um the person that i pitched i used to take care of his kids so <laughs> so i was like Hey. <laughs> hey, use what you got, right? You use got whatever use what you connections got. what yeah. you have. Like he, yeah. was, he was like one of the, the kind of like local people in charge of the local, um, the local NPR show, the daily show that they had. And I, but I pitched him. I was just like, Hey, will you help me? I was totally like, listen, I have the story to tell. This is some really good information. And the people of my city need to know it because, because of these reasons, this is why you should have me on. And, um, and so he bit. And so I went in there scared to death. I'm telling you, I was so nervous, did that interview. And then I got a couple of clients out of that. So I, none of them doctors though. Okay. So I got, I got like a physical therapist who'd been driving around and she happened to hear me, you know, so I was still targeting doctors, but I, I was like, well, I'll help anybody. I got the wife of a doctor. I was working with her. I was working with a nurse practitioner who kind of like knew some people that I knew, you know, but once they heard, once I was on NPR, it was like, Oh, like that's like a little more legit. Like this might be like, you know, a real thing. And then it was a few weeks after that, that I started a podcast. And the reason I started a podcast was because I just knew my ideal client was like a woman physician. I was thinking of an OBGYN who was like two in the morning waiting on a baby, just like feeling so gross, eating all the crap that the nurses have, you know, on L and D and just like, I have got to do something. Now, is she gonna seriously be reading my blog posts? I was like, no, she's gonna be listening to me in the car. Like, I just was like, they're, they have commutes, like they need to be efficient. They're not gonna read, they're gonna listen. And, and I felt like I could portray my personality better that way too. So like through, through um, you know, just my voice. So I started this podcast and then again, of course I couldn't promote it. So what I did was I asked some other physicians that I knew, hey, will you go into these Facebook groups and just tell people that this podcast exists? And once it did, I remember, totally remember, got my first mention in a really big one and I got 10,000 downloads in 48 hours. And I think I had three episodes, four maybe. So it was just like, boom. I was like, I know they're going to be interested if they could just find out about it. So that was then like, okay, now people were really interested in working with me one-on-one. -on -one. They're like, yes, she gets me. She really understands my problem. As I said, right? I was like, nobody understands us, but I do. I can help you. And, um, and so it became, it was actually within a few months I had already moved to groups because I had so many people who wanted to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. There was just no way that I could, you know, handle all of them, or I would just have to make them wait forever or raise my prices really high. And I, I didn't really want to do that. I would rather help more people, you know, cause I just knew there were so many people out there who needed that help. And then it's just been going from there. I mean, that's an amazing example of what, you know, people talk about finding your ideal customer or client. I think that's a perfect example. But you decided to pick like a niche that is like extremely narrow. And I know when people start yeah. looking, you know, weight loss for physicians and women physicians in particular, I know that, you know, in clinical practice, you have to be in, practicing. <laughs> okay. In clinical practice, people talk about, oh my gosh, I want to do this thing or launch this business. But, oh man, the market is so small out there for those people. And people will say, hey, maybe that doesn't, you know, you only get appealed to a small population or small group. Like you're a perfect example of someone who's kind of taken that and actually run with it. So do you think that's actually part of the reason you've been so successful? I'm just curious. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, right, like I'm just thinking as when I was struggling, if there was just someone out there who's like, hey, I can help you. I can help doctors. I can help teachers. I can help lawyers. I can help, you know, 
whoever like works at the grocery store, right? Like I would be like, well, but I don't think you're going to really understand my specific problems. Now, can I coach anybody? Absolutely. I can. Do I have to understand? I don't. But from the client perspective, we think she gets me. She really understands. If she says that I can make this work, even though my life is crazy and I'm eating at the hospital cafeteria and like whatever, like I, I, I believe, I think I put my faith in her that she can help me to do this. Whereas like some, you know, if it's just like everybody as a, you know, there's the saying goes, when you're speaking to everybody, you're speaking to nobody. When you're speaking to a really specific person, they're like, oh my gosh, that person, like I feel seen, I feel heard, I feel understood. And if I want to lose weight, like of course I'm giving my money to her and I'm going to work with her. Like, why would I do anything else? Right. So, so at people, the other thing that people say is like the riches are in the niches. And I think I'm the prime example of that. Like you get really, really good at helping a narrow group of people and they become your raving fans. And then they tell everybody about you and the help that you've provided. And then you know, I still to this day think that word of mouth is my biggest, you know, marketing tool. That's amazing. Do you mind giving people kind of a snapshot or kind of look in into what your life looks like as a coach? Um, like what it looks like on a daily basis and how you're able yeah. to juggle your family life. Obviously you have a husband yeah. who's also is still in clinical practice and I'm sure it's busy, yeah. but I know you guys spend a lot of time kind of traveling and these kind of things too. Yeah. How do you put this all together? Yeah. Well, so let's talk about like before Corona hit, right? <laughs> okay, like real, real life, right? Because right now it's like, well, we're all home. That's what we're doing. But so, um, so before that, I only worked, pretty much only worked when my kids were in school. So I have three kids, first, second, and eighth grade. And so they're all in school all day. Um, but they, you know, I would leave at, you know, 20 after three to go pick them up. And I brought them to school every day too. And so I would be really clear on, you know, very organized on what I need to get done. And wh what I do is I don't have like a to-do list of things I need to do. What I do every week is I create a list of results that I want to have by the end of the week. And there is actually a big difference because you can do a lot of things that don't create any results. What I want is results. I want to make sure that the result of whatever it is that I'm doing has been created. So everything that I'm doing then throughout the week is in an effort to create that result. And maybe it goes faster than I thought it would. Maybe it's slower, but regardless, that result is going to get created by the end of the week. So I keep it pretty simple. I now have a team that helps me, but even before I had that, I still really focused on not overworking because one of my biggest problems when I was in practice and one of the reasons I found it so hard to manage my mind was because I overworked like crazy. I was only like 80 3%. I took full call, but I, I worked one day less than my partners. But when I was there, I mean, it was like crazy town in terms of like my accessibility, availability to my, my patients. I came home so late because I trained them all to call me for every little thing. Like when this became clear to me, it was when I spent 30 minutes on the phone with the family while my family was here having dinner. I was at the office discussing with them um, how they should set up their bunk beds and which kids should go in which rooms. And I was like, what am I doing right now? Like, what have I created? I just didn't know. I thought I was really being helpful, but what I was doing was training them to rely on me, you know, for everything. And I found that when I got into my own business too, it was like, all of a sudden now I'm like working on the weekends and I'm working at night and I'm just like working, working, working. And I was like, this seems awfully familiar. Hmm. You know, your brain's the same, even when you have a different job. So I'm very clear with myself on what my, um, on what my 
uh, work restrictions are. I do still sometimes do like a call at night or something like that, um, you know, but that's thought out and there's like strategy behind that. I'm not just like online, you know, messing around. Now with the coronavirus stuff, it's been a little more challenging because, you know, days where I'd be like, you know, have all these hours uninterrupted to work, I have children home and am having to help them with school and things like that. So I would say that I'm working Monday through Friday some, but not even necessarily that much. And I feel like what I've been able to do too is I, I have developed um, some awareness of just where, where my energy levels are at and like when I need some time to really like just cut it off, I give myself that day especially like after traveling and stuff, like, you know, then I give myself a day, like recovery day. So I can really hit the ground running at full force the the next day. And that way I can be very productive in the short amount of time that I have. So I, I basically, I mean, I mean, when everything was, you know, before, I mean, 20 hours a week, I'd say on average. Yeah. So not bad. That's awesome. I mean, knowing the time we're in right now, do you think there's, more or less of an opportunity for you know people to kind of take on coaching do you think the need is getting bigger oh my gosh so what, what oh, do you think yeah. it looks like in the future and the prospect for this well here's the thing that that this is what i'm thinking you know and this is how i thought for a while our lives like so many things are like taking over and making our lives more convenient right and easier and you know people are talking about like self-driving cars and like having some like you know ai butler who's gonna like you know whatever like run your household and things like that the one thing that is not changing the way technology in all our lives is changing is the way the human brain responds to life. Like we still don't want to feel our emotions. <laughs> we still don't understand that our thoughts create our results in our lives. We, if, if anything, like it's more so that people are like, what, why, why don't I feel better? I have all of the things I have the amazing life. I have the money and the practice and the family, and I'm still miserable. And I don't understand why. This is the work that we can do. Now, what I think is like even broader, whether it's coaching or just some other like online program, I think like ideas I talked earlier about ideas that I have for people, like just even as a pediatrician myself, like I really felt after 10 years in practice, I was like, give me any baby that doesn't sleep and I will get it to sleep. Like I was like, I'm, I'm all in, I can get any baby to sleep, any baby that's got feeding issues. Like I might need to, you know, get some help from lactation and like, you know, the speech therapist or whatever, but like, I know how to handle that. I know how to manage that. Like, there's nothing that I feel like I can't help someone with. And I know so many physicians feel that way. Like when it comes to like asthma, I've got it down pat or whatever it is, you know, I can really help people. There's this certain way that I like to help my patients and it's really unique to me and it works really, really well. Well, this is such an opportunity to scale that and bring that to the masses. So again, like maybe you're an oncologist and this is like a real specific thing that you do for people who have like GI cancers. And you're like, I mean, how many people are, you know, like, oh, how am I going to do that? But there's lots of people who have cancer and specific GI cancers. And if you have something that is, can really, really help them, then you create that. And then they're like, of course, they're going to sign up for it. And they want that help because you're someone who can really help them with whatever it is. So like, for instance, with my example of getting a baby to sleep, I totally think that you could create easily uh, like a course of, you know, just a few modules, get yourself on video. You have your whole way that you take people through it. And you're just like, boom, boom, boom. Like, try this. If that doesn't work, do this. Like, be, I mean, I talked about not telling people what to do, but this is a kind of thing where you're like, just tell me what to do. You know, as the parent, you're like, I just want to know. And you can have it all laid out. There's programs that 
post all this stuff for you. So you don't have to like get a web designer to create all this for you. You just basically create the content, insert it. It's um, easy to, you know, figure out um, payment platforms and stuff now, like all that stuff that seems complicated, it really isn't like Google's your friend. And then you just start finding people who have trouble with their, I mean, all these people are home with their babies who aren't sleeping, right? They want help. They are just waiting for you to offer it to them. So you have to create it so that you have something to offer to them. And then, I mean, I'm like of all these ideas, even for that, like you could turn that over into a membership, right? People go through the course and then they're actually getting help. And then maybe in the membership, you're in the Facebook group for your membership, like, you know, once a day or a couple times a week, giving people help, or like they can come back and say, okay, we tried these things. The baby cried this long. And this is what we do. You know, what do we do next? And you offer some help, like, like this, you don't have to learn anything else. Like you already have all the knowledge. Like the only thing that you have to focus on is how do I, you know, construct a program so that it makes sense. And you don't even necessarily have to be live in there giving help. It's just like for most things, people kind of like to be able to ask, you know, but we have this specific circumstance. What do we do with that? Um, but like, there's so many, there's so many different things. So I think people look at me and they're like, well, she's a life coach. She's a doctor so that she's helping doctors. So I guess I should be a life coach who helps doctors. I mean, you can be, but I feel like what's happening is that that even that kind of, um, you know, niche is becoming a little noisy. There's a lot of people in there now. There are so many people who want help and nobody's helping them. Or if they are, it's not effective. So I just am like, listen, you, I guarantee you, you know something that could help people. And if all the patients could come in and learn it from you, it would help them. So how can you get that out there? And then talking about passive income, like this is how you make money in your sleep, right? If you have this all set up and you go into a Facebook group three times a week and answer some questions, meanwhile, you've got ads running, it's making you money, people are signing up, like getting support they need, you are providing value, you're helping people and you're just scaling it. You're helping more people with you doing less work. I think that's the, I remember really working with my husband on this because so many doctors have this idea, like just that the way you make money is you exchange your time, right? Like, well, if I want to make more money in the office, then I need to see more patients or I need to do more surgeries. And if I want to do more surgeries, I got to get more people in the office so that I can get enough people signed up for surgery. And I don't want to work more. That is the wrong way to think about it. And the classic example of how you can really scale that is hiring mid-level people, right? So you hire a physician assistant or a nurse practitioner, you teach them what you know on the things that are appropriate for them to handle. And now they're seeing patients while you're seeing patients. Now they're getting paid, but you're also making money off of them using the knowledge that you taught them to provide value to patients. And then you get paid in return. So this is a way that you make more money by providing more value, not more of your time. So that's the way you have to be thinking about a side gig or, you know, kind of, you know, some sort of business, or even if it's transitioning you out of medicine. Although I'm a big pusher of like, but please stay in medicine because we do need good doctors. Like we can't have, <laughs> we can't have everybody, you know, um, leaving and deciding to do something else. But if that, I think it's about the choice. I mean, that's what I tell yeah, people too. Right. I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, you can start a business, you can leave clinical medicine, you can come back, you can go to part-time, you can graduate. The key is like creating other streams of income that, so you have that choice. And it's weird because once you have that choice, we've talked about this, your mindset shifts. And sometimes yeah. you start to enjoy that thing that you kind of were like, yeah. hey, I'm a slave to it. And all of a sudden it becomes oh a lot more gosh. enjoyable. And I have so many, I have literally so many clients in particular ER doctors, like for some reason, I, well, in OB too, like there's some, I feel like there's some specialties that are in particular more miserable than, than others. 
but, but seriously come into my program working with me, like literally hating it so much, like thinking about defaulting on their loans because they want out so bad. Just like get rich quick schemes. They're like, how do I get out? They feel like a caged animal. They do not want to be there. And just by being coached and working on their brain and their mindset, at the end of our time working together, they're like, I can honest to goodness tell you that I love being a doctor again. And so their job has not changed. Their shifts haven't changed. Like what they're doing hasn't, their patient population hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is their way of thinking. So to piggyback on what you're saying, I 100% agree. It's totally your choice. But before you make the decision to leave, first, please just clean up your brain, work on your thinking, and really recognize that you're the one creating the experience of it. So if you're the one creating the experience of it, then you have all the power to make it however you want it to be. And if you can make it so that you enjoy it and then you still would rather do something else, awesome, totally go do that. But don't leave as an escape, right? It worked out great for me. I left as an escape. <laughs> I was like, I want out. I don't know how to do any of this stuff, right? But I, I really, I often think had I gotten more coaching when I was in practice, would I have ever done any of this? I might still be in practice. Who knows? It doesn't really matter. But I just want to put that little, you know, <laughs> that little plug in there. Like there, you have so much more control over liking it or not liking it than we think. We think it's just happening like at us and to us. And it's really not. Now, with that said, if you're working like, you know, 80 hours a week, you know, and you get a side, thing, a side uh, business, so then you can work 30 and that gives you the balance you want. And you're like, this is great. I love it now. Like I'm all in. I mean, it's amazing. That's awesome. Tell us about, you know, maybe some of the big challenges that you've kind of come across in this industry, in this field, and then like what you wish you knew when you first started this thing. I mean, that probably would have made things a lot easier for you along the way. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, I mean, I'll tell, I mean, my biggest challenges are always me. <laughs> like I'm always my biggest challenge. My own brain is always my biggest challenge. Um, you know, just like not knowing what you don't know sometimes, right? Like there's definitely been mistakes that I've made. Um, I, I definitely have this tendency to like fall in love with my own ideas and think they're super amazing. And, um, you know, maybe they are, but also not fully thinking it through. And then there's, there can be some, you know, sometimes there's some outcomes on the other end that are like less than desirable. So I'm always learning. I never make it mean that I'm a failure or that I should quit or anything. I, I just kind of assume it's going to happen. I'm like, I'm going to keep screwing stuff up and I'm going to keep learning from it. And I'm just going to keep making my business, you know, better and better. Um, what's been really fun is, you know, I feel like I've got this amazing program. It totally works. Like it's, it's so great. Now I've been able to focus on creating a business where um, the people that work for me can really like where they really love their job and they really love working for me. Like my full-time employee, um, she is a permanently um, mobile. Like she lives in an RV with her husband and they travel all around the country. And I just love that I've been able to create a full-time job that supports her and her husband. And she can, she's like nomadic basically. Like I get a lot of value out of that now. Like, so that's really fun. And I mean, I've had to learn so much about like taxes and accounting and like all the stuff that I'm, you know, unemployment insurance and all these things that my brain immediately is like, this is the worst. I hate all of this. I don't want to learn anything. And then I'm like, well, but when you're the boss, like you got to learn about it, you got to figure out and do all this stuff. So that's, that's been hard. What I wish I knew when I first got started, um, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll just share actually like a story that I of like kind of this pivotal moment that I had, because I think that this was, this is a, a time that I can really pinpoint as like when things really kind of took off for me. 
Um, I became certified as a coach in the spring, like April, May. And then, um, and then I spent the summer creating content for my website and stuff, but like, you know, I had never really like worked from home and I was trying to figure the whole thing out. I was like pretty distractible and I'd be in the middle of doing something and then the dryer would beep and I'd be like, Oh, let me change the laundry. And like, just like kind of all over the place and not really focused on it. And I had this, this thought that would always come back every time I think, Oh, I really need to buckle down and get this stuff done. I would have this thought of, you know, you don't really have to do this. Right. Like I had this thought because like, honestly, like my husband made enough money. I really didn't have to do it. So it was true except that thought completely made me do nothing, right? Like, like the result of me thinking that thought was that I was thinking around, not taking it seriously, not really doing what I need to do. And I finally had this one moment where I was like, oh, I don't really have to do this. And I thought, you know, that's true. I don't have to, but you know what? I really do want to, like I thought of the, of the, um, you know, clients, right? Another physician out there struggling with her weight who doesn't know what to do. She doesn't have this information and she's waiting for me to help her. Like, how can I hold that back? Like, I have to go and help her. And so I basically got over myself and was like, what I have to do or need to do or think I should do, like, isn't even relevant here. That person's out there waiting for me and I owe it to her to go and help her, find her and help her. And then I just, once I, once I changed that, I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. Like laundry gets done on that day. You know, like, like I need to go and help her and find her and create things that help her and that really, it just, it all changed from there on out. So I think if you can get your brain really straight on who you're helping and why you're doing it when you first start, like that's that driving force. Cause in the beginning, my, like, you know, what we always say in coaching is the first hundred K that you make is like the hustle and grind. I mean, you've got to work because you got people who know about you and they're like, why should I give you a chance? You know, they think, well, I'll coach them for free. And then people don't take things you offer for free seriously. Right. And then they don't, you know, so it's like, it's, it's hard in the beginning, but the hardest part is how hard you make it in your brain. So once you're just like, no matter what, I'm, I'm dedicated to finding that person. Like with my, you know, baby not sleeping example, like there's a couple out there, probably a mom on the internet going like, somebody help me get this kid to sleep. Like I'm going to lose my ever loving mind, right? Like she's waiting for you. So create something that can help her. And then that really is what keeps you doing this on the weekend when you don't feel like it, you know, or at night after you've been at work and you're tired or getting up early to do it or things like that. I absolutely love that. Um, you keep talking about, I know you made a huge impact on all these other people, but I want to know kind of what kind of impact this whole thing has now made on your life now, having done this for oh my gosh. years, yeah, financially, yeah. family, relationships, these kind of things. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's interesting. My oldest son is 14. And so he does remember what it was like when I was in practice. Like he fully remembers my little kids don't really, because I left when they were young enough that they, they know where I worked and they know what I did, but they don't really remember. And it's so funny every now and then I'll be like, remember when I was in practice, he's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it, was like, it was, it was a lot harder. So, I mean, so one of the biggest things that was very hard for me in my practice was, um, a, a lack of flexibility. I mean, in theory, we had flexibility, but as pediatricians, like one of the, one of the ways it works in pediatrics is like kids got off the bus and they're sick and they need to come in, you know? So like the, you know, 3.30, 4 o'clock, 4.30, there'd be this rush of people who still wanted to get in. And because we really tried to serve our patients well, and we figured we're the best ones to take care of them, we would work past five o'clock. We would just tell them like, yeah, keep coming, come on in, come, you know? So if I had to get, get to school for like the school play or, you know, a concert or something like that, 
it was incredibly stressful for me. And I would tell the receptionist, like, hey, listen, like, I've got to get out of here. Like, I have to be out by whatever time. Well, then like someone falls and splits their head open and, you know, we put in stitches. So like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have to go. I'm like so stressed about getting out of there and feeling like I really wasn't in control of my own time. Like I couldn't even get to my own kids, you know, school performance on time because it felt so out of my control. And it's the opposite of what I have now. Like I literally do what I want to, when I want to have all the flexibility I want, which is great, but also means that I have to manage myself. Right. So that's the hard thing. Like sometimes we like it when someone tells us like what we're going to do, you know, like, cause then we don't have to, we don't have to manage ourselves. Like people say all the time, I work from home. I would just be in the, in the kitchen or the pantry all the time. I'm like, when I'm working, I literally never think about food because you know why? Cause I'm working, <laughs> like not daydreaming, thinking about other things I can be doing. I'm focused. I'm getting my work done. So, so flexibility has been amazing. Um, as I have been coaching, I of course have invested in coaching myself and my own personal work. And that has um, only helped me to coach my clients so much better and more effectively to take them to basically, I always think like, well, it took me like three years to figure this out. So I'm going to help you in like three months. How about we just like fast track you in that one and get you there. Um, So I think a lot of my life has improved just because of the own personal work that I've done on myself and my own, um, you know, the way that I think, the way I approach all my relationships. Um, I used to struggle with my um, my daughter, who's my youngest, um, pretty considerably is when she was like four, it was a really hard year for me. And I mean, literally coaching changed my life with her um, and just her behavior and stuff like that. So, so it's completely changed that. Um, I make way more money now than I ever could have as a pediatrician um, in practice. And that's super fun. Never thought that that would happen. Like I really did believe that there was like a cap to how much I could earn based on my, um, again, how many hours I was willing to work, like how many days a week I was willing to work and because of my specialty. And so now when I'm making, you know, as much as my surgeon husband, I'm like, look at me, that's fun, you know? <laughs> now, all, but like, as we were talking before this, right? Like, but when you're the boss, you know, and there's a financial crisis, like you eat last, right? So, um, so I'm lucky that I have enough cash um, reserves in my business to be able to float us along, just kind of, you know, not knowing how things are gonna go here. Um, which is great, but you know, really like you are in charge of, you know, um, creating a business going for the people who depend on, on your business um, to feed their families and survive. And so, so, so I think with all of it, it's like, there's always, there's the pros and cons to everything, right? There's the things that are super great, but then there's the new things that are hard, right? Like when I was in practice, I never had to worry about like getting, paying the taxes properly which apparently I've screwed up a bunch of times now with my state. It's so confusing. <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's things like that where it's like, I, but I'm really, I, I'm willing to figure out how to do that kind of stuff because of the benefits that I now have and the reach, you know, I just can reach so many more people. Oh, that's awesome. I love it all. Um, before I get to our number one tip that you have for people who are doing this, how can people reach out to you, find you if they want to find out more information about what you do, even your services, but kind of how to, um, yeah, just what your business looks like. Yeah, yeah. Well, so my podcast is a big way that people find me. It's called Weight Loss for Busy Physicians. And so you can just search that in any of your podcast um, listening, you know, um, apps. And then my website is katrinaubellmd.com. I actually have hosted now a number of free coaching calls for healthcare workers, which are basically doctors who are all on it, um, relating to COVID and just like everything that's going on with it. 
And so I'm offering the replays of those for free to all healthcare workers and anybody who's listening to this. So if they, just because I really want to help people during this time, it doesn't have to be as awful as everyone around you seems to believe it has to be. Like, not that it's going to be easy or it's not a big deal. I'm not downplaying it, but you really are in charge of what your experience of this pandemic is. And so watching those replays can be super helpful. So the way you can find those is just going to katrinaubellmd.com forward slash calls, C-A-L-L-S. Well, thanks for doing that. I think everyone should check that out. Absolutely. So we're getting to the end here. I appreciate your time. But what's your number one tip for people who are considering doing something very similar to this, kind of following your footsteps? Maybe they're not doing weight loss for physicians, but maybe one of the other amazing ideas that you've given people here. What's your number one tip for them to help them along this journey? Do not wait until you feel like you're ready. Okay, if you wait till you're ready, (laughs) it's never going to (laughs) happen. You have to commit to doing it and then recognize that your brain is going to offer you all the self-doubt. It's going to be like, this is the worst idea in the world. You shouldn't do this. (laughs) It's going to offer you all of the objections, right? All of the reasons uh, that you shouldn't do it, all the obstacles. And what you have to understand is all of those obstacles, when you figure out a solution, that is the path toward getting the result that you want, right? Your brain's going to be like, but you don't know any of this stuff. Okay, but what's the solution? You learn about it and then you learn about it and then that moves you one step closer. So I never um, do anything expecting myself to not feel doubt. Like it's, it's like my constant companion. It's like, that's not gonna work. Like, it, like I'm like, yeah, maybe it won't, but I'm gonna try it anyway, right? Don't let that slow you down. If you wait till you're ready and you have no doubts, you'll be waiting forever. I love that tip. Thanks so much for your time. I know people's got Absolutely, a ton of value Peter. from this. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're interested, check out her website, check out what she's doing, check out her podcast. But, um, again, thanks for your time. Congratulations on all the success you've had, but also really the big impact you made on people's lives. And, uh, thank you. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. Enjoy the show. Let me know by dropping a review in the podcast app you're listening to us in. And if you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe. Are you part of our community yet? Join thousands of physicians who are also on this journey to creating their ideal lives through multiple streams of income. You can join us on our Facebook group, Passive Income Docs, and you can always learn more at our website, PassiveIncomeMD.com. Thanks again for allowing me to be a part of your journey. See you next time.